stuck outside. <laughs> I'm stuck outside now. Have you used your intercom before? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Jasmine Angelucci is the bargain hunter. Jasmine is a pretty cool cat. She's got the eye for fashion and style. And as the bargain hunter, she lives out her passion for styling your wardrobe and your house by shopping smart and just not spending an absolute arsload of money. And with the cost of living rising, she's definitely one to follow and her 30,000 plus Instagram followers clearly agree. But there's another side to the bargain hunter. By day, Jasmine is a criminal defense lawyer and she's been recognized numerous times as one of the leading criminal lawyers in the state. She's in court every day representing people charged with some of the most serious crimes that you can imagine. Now, am I a style icon? Obviously. Uh, but our bond has come mainly from a shared love of the absurd and dorky. So this episode of Cooks, it's got it all. It's got fashion, it's got courtroom drama, absurd dorkiness. Uh, it's really, it has truly got it all, much like Jasmine herself. So enjoy this episode as Jasmine Angelucci, a.k.a. The Biking Hunter, cooks. Jasmine, thank you for welcoming me into your home. Thanks for coming. Your lovely home. And it's a Sunday morning. I kind of feel like it's kind of sacred time. Um, I am more than happy to do it. It is a sacred time, which is why. There we go. That's why. There you go. My guy. Um, a sacred meal is being prepared. Before you crush what is inside that garlic crusher, and spoiler alert, it's garlic. Uh, it's so strong. It so I, put, I put three cloves in there. I'm trying to multitask. <laughs> what are you cooking for me today, Jasmine? Non es sugo. Oh, yes, yep. please. Yep. Yes, please. Non es quick sugo, though. Okay. Because there's two variations to it. There's the passata one where you can either use like a homemade tomato passata when you see the Italians do tomato day, mm -hmm. um, or you can do the tin tomato version, which cooks up a lot quicker because you don't have to boil it for about an hour to really cook through the tomato. And um, that's what I'll be making you today, the tin tomato version. Now, for the uninitiated, yes. sugo is? Sauce. There we go. Like a pasta sauce. Right. Lovely. Um, and sulgur can come in various examples. You mm. can have bolognese, you can have a veggio one, you can do a seafood sauce. Like a lot of pastas just have the different, you know, the carbonara sauce. But this is just your old school tomato. And pasta. this can, and the importance of sulgur. Yeah. Like I feel that today. Yeah. We're going to learn something. Yeah. And by we, I mean me. Um, <laughs> going to learn something that's kind of like a, should be a staple. Yeah. Of your cooking. It is, yeah. Um, like, know how to cook a steak. Well, yep, yep. And I reckon know how to cook a sugo of some description. Mm. Um, would you rank it some somewhere there in terms of importance? In terms of, oh, I guess how, it's really what hangs on this is how important pasta is to you and how integral it is to your diet. How important is pasta to you? Look, you know, even though Daniel and I have Italian background, I wouldn't say we eat it a great deal because we're pretty carb conscious and, you know, we, we, even though it is a really quick and easy meal, we probably, yeah, we try to stray away from it on weeknights. We'll t tend to stick to veggies or, you know, a steak or a meat or something like that. But um, on pasta, the weekend. Pasta to me is like water. Yeah. So my, my diet is basically huge. water, bread and pasta. Yeah, well, there you go. How's your toilet visit? <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly, it's like a building site when you see the, the concrete mixer. Coming up. It's like that. So nice. Everyone's getting hungry. 
Um, okay, and so what ingredients have we got? We've got the... All right, so we've got garlic. That mm. is a must. Um, everything's kind of a mano, as you say in Italian, so you just go by hand. I can't sit here and tell you one tablespoon of this, uh, two cloves of garlic. You just, it really... It's really contingent on how many people you want to feed, what kind of flavor punch you want in it. I want to make mine extra garlicky today, so I'm putting a little bit more garlic in there. Um, I've got some um, tin tomatoes, some basil. It's very basic. Um, olive oil and your seasoning, such as like salt and pepper. And I would say there's a little secret ingredient in there called sugar. That Ooh. is very important, and I think that's what gives mine a nice little kick. It just yeah. takes that acidity out of the tomato. Now, I've been prepared actually for years, yeah. but I have been prepared. I've been worded up yeah. by a um, former guest on Cooks, who you might know quite well. Right. His name's Christian Pizzasali. I hear that I hear that you've met him before. I've never heard of him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's an active court order, in fact, that that's prohibits right. our contact. That's right. so. <laughs> now, he, tell, he tells me, <clears throat> this would be Jasmine's brother, um, <laughs> That there is one person in every generation of your family mm. who is given the gift. Oh. Tell me more. <laughs> He's right. He's right. There is always somebody that just has the hand, the cooking touch. Um, and so so my nonna definitely has. This is on my mum's side. So she, she's she got it. Right. And then it just like trickles down. The next person to have had it would have been, I, I would say, in terms of Following on her traditional way of cooking, my auntie Nadia probably got a very similar touch to the way Nonna cooks. And not to sound like I'm blowing smoke here, but I think I've also got the touch. And this is before you have chopped anything. So all I can say to you is yeah. don't fuck it up. Yeah, no. Nah, don't well, disappoint me. All right? Mate, the, everything I'm not even is on scared. the line here today. I'm not afraid. <laughs> Bring it, is what I say. <laughs> all right, I am very excited. I'm very excited. Okay. Um, you, you kick off. And let me know what you're doing. <laughs> doing first. Jasmine is currently struggling with the um, garlic crusher. Yeah, I'm just pushing. <laughs> now a crushed, a crushed garlic. Crushed garlic. Now this, can I say again? I'm doing the quick cheats version. Mm-hmm. Um, my nonna, in fact, chops up the garlic into tiny, tiny little pieces. I'm avoiding that for a few reasons. One, I don't want my fingers to smell like garlic. Two, it's time consuming. So um, I'm just doing it through the crusher. See that? How quick? How long did that take? That Three have... cloves in maybe two seconds. Yeah, that was impressive. So that's crushed. I just set that aside. Impressive. I'm doing my mise en plus right now. Lovely. Um, so thank you for bringing this beautiful basil. Oh, it smells incredible. Oh, it's, oh, it's perfect. And just I got it, give just, it a rinse. Before, just before it went soggy. Just before it was, it's just a bit brown. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It it's actually, rotten, but it's fine. And um, now again, this is a thing you go by feel. So, just break off a few leaves. Would you be? You said that you're getting your mise en place ready. Yeah. Is this important to prepare everything before you get that no. pot hot? No. 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 Why I'm do you just, do it? I'm just doing it for you for oh, aesthetics. No. <laughs> I'd say get the garlic, get the garlic going, um, but. I'm going to pop on the pot now. So, and can I just say as well, because it's a quick sauce, mm. get your water heating up as well. Smart. All right. So at the same time that you're heating up your little pot, just fill up a little mm-hmm. pot of water and um, a little bit of olive oil and salt. Mm-hmm. It stops the pasta sticking together. 
Um, and the other trick here is I've got oil on the pot. Now, it's, I'm generous with the oil. Yeah. If you have a look at my nonna's sugo, look at that. So that's... Ah. Oh, that's, that's probably, a lot that's of probably okay. maybe a little bit too much, actually. Yeah, nice. I think I just got <laughs> to dip some out. <laughs> when I put that sideways, I didn't realize just how much there was. <laughs> like I'm about to deep fry a bloody <laughs> donut. <laughs> um, so okay, don't. It's still, yeah, that's still, it's still like... a lot, yeah. Now I'm just taking it off the heat a little bit because I don't want it to get too hot. Because what I'm doing now is I'm going to put in the garlic mm-hmm. like that, but I don't want the garlic to get brown uh, at okay. all. I just want it to infuse the oil. Once the garlic starts sizzling, it's going to get um, ugly flavor. Yeah. It gets bitter. It gets, I just want it slightly infusing the flavor through the oil, um, which is why I just took it briefly off the heat. Uh, I just mix it around like that a little bit. Never. All right. And the garlic is swimming in there. Yeah, it's pretty much swimming because like, there is a bit of oil going on. Okay, <laughs> I went a bit oil happy. I'm not going to lie. I think I've always underdone the oil. That's, well, that's quite a few tablespoons in there. It, it is, yeah. Nice. And, and can I just say, the only, the reason why is because I just think it makes, it just brings together the tomato. It just makes mm. it silkier. Mm. And I mean, it's once, well, you dilute that down and it's all, you know, spread across pasta as well. Mm. It's really not that much. Mm. Come on, let's I'm, get real. So I've just popped in some tomato paste now. So as you can see, again, it's just kind of swimming around mm. in that garlic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's too much oil. I think. So this is quite a quite a gentle little start to the cooking. Yeah, it is. It, 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 you know what this is? This is a real flavour base. Jazzy, if you can multitask, <laughs> we didn't get off to a good start for multitasking. No, we didn't. But you were on cooks in your role as the bargain hunter. Yes. Right. Yep. Yep. And there's there's so like there's so many things that I want to ask you about. But go for first it. is your bio on your Bargain Hunter Instagram, which has like 30,000 followers, no big deal, um, says lawyer by day, bargain lover by night. And then under that, live in La Vida High Road. <laughs> <laughs> that needs and, to change. Uh, so I want to ask you everything um, Bargain Hunter related. Yeah. But first off, I'm intrigued by the lawyering. Yeah. So what sort of lawyering do you do? I am a criminal defence lawyer. And this isn't the sort of job where you're sitting down in some back office pushing paper and pens. Mm, you're, no. you know, What does a typical day look like for you? Uh, that's the beauty of this job. Every day is different. So I can't even tell you what a typical day is. But if I was to get the main points of each day, go to court. Um, if your client's in custody in the cell's next to the court or under the court, you go and visit them first, have a chat to them. Um, you will do the court appearance for that client, whatever it might be, just say you're pleading guilty to a charge. You run that plea hearing. Um, if your client's not in custody, then you both are lucky enough to walk out the front door of the courtroom again, shake hands and both be on your way. So we've got um, people coming to us at the maybe the worst point in their life, the lowest when they're you know, facing a court hearing date they've been accused of something pretty serious they might be staring down the doorway of a jail cell um, ready to go in and so we are essentially there helping them navigate the criminal justice system it's it's a big and heavy and demanding caseload it's not for people that if you if you might find that stress levels or you, you might be a little bit less resilient to high stress then it's not a job for you um, also in terms of subject matter, you know, it's really intense stuff we're dealing with. Yeah. It just makes everything I do 
inside and outside of work sound just so incredibly boring. Absolutely <laughs> like, not. That's that is ridiculous to say that because honestly, it is it's all relative to what you're used to mm. as well. Like now I when I started this job, doing a drink driving plea in a magistrate's court had me like walking out with almost adrenal fatigue because I was just so nervous about appearing in court and what would the outcome be and the impact it would have on my client's life. And I'd walk out of court just like with my heart racing and have this like adrenal high all day. Mm. Now like I could do one of you know five of those appearances with my eyes closed. And appearance is where you're getting up and standing up. Yeah, when you're making court. submissions in court. On the See, that's the way I feel when I come over and you cook for me <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I put the lapel mic on and interview you. It's like, oh my god, okay. Have <laughs> you got the ingredients? I'm like, what am I going to ask her about? Like, that's Mate, that's I, my general. I'm secretly don't don't even get me started here with the sauce and how much I'm schwitzing over screwing this up. You give, give me a stern word at the beginning. <laughs> You're listening to Cooks. We'll be back with Jasmine in a moment. But for now, I want to give a really big shout out to our new Patreon members. We've got Laura, Emma, uh, Daniel. Thank you, the three of you, for supporting the show. And Daniel takes the crown. Huge shout out to you for being the very first Patreon supporter of Cooks. Patreon supporters get bonus content featuring each guest. Uh, for this episode, Patreon supporters are going to hear Jasmine talking about cooking Italian food, love, the importance of cooking from scratch. Um, and my favourite part, you're also going to hear this just most brilliant interaction between um, Jasmine and her husband, Daniel, when he chimes in with his very honest thoughts on what she cooked today. Head to patreon.com slash cookspodcast for more info. That's patreon.com slash cookspodcast. And there's also a link in the episode description. And a couple of Instagram accounts for you to follow. Of course, The Bargain Hunter. And also, you can find Cooks on Instagram now as well. Just search for Cooks Podcast. Okay, time now to head back to Jasmine's kitchen. Now, can you see how the oils are starting to change a bit of colour? Oh, yeah. I've thrown in the basil now. Again, I haven't even counted, but that's one, two, three, four, five, six big leaves and a few little small ones in there. And just letting it really, really, really lightly simmer through. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. Wow. So you are you are building the flavors from the you very build. start. Yeah, you build. You don't throw it all in together. You've got to let the heat kind of release each mm. each step of the way, like a new flavor, and let them kind of gel together. I can't think of doing it any other way, to be honest. Like, and if you were doing other things, you could like if you're building. You could do like a, say you want to throw prawns and seafood. All I would do is just throw that in there, mm. cook that amongst that base, and then you've got yourself another sauce. So it's really adaptable. Like yeah. it's a recipe or sometimes I've done like a chorizo and roast veggie type one, like those, yeah. you know, capsicum and zucchini yeah. and stuff. And you just, throw, again, throw it in on that base yeah. and you're good. So this, this sugar that you're cooking is yeah. kind of, this can be your, it's like a cornerstone, right? It is. Of like... Yeah however you want to adapt it. You can really, yeah, like a lot of Italian cooking does start with the same base, um, which you've probably heard already about. Well, um, no, not really. See, like Christian introduced me to the sofrito base. Yeah. And I didn't realise that that was a thing. Yeah. Um, so I was expecting the, the carrot, onion and celery yeah, today. Yeah, right. Whereas this is, so this is blowing my mind. Right. That it Are doesn't you? have all that. No, not at all. So this would be the base that you would be expecting me to know about. So this is a real just old school base. You've just got your olive oil and your garlic, a bit of 
Now the tomato paste is there because it's going to have to thicken up these diced tomatoes. So once once you think that the oil's getting like warm enough and not like again, I'm keeping it on the garlic. It still looks white, which is good, but it's the flavors have really come out there into the oil. Oh, it smells delicious. All right, then you just pour another. I poured a couple of tin tomatoes in there. One's diced, one's peeled. Um, my nonna uses the holes, these whole ones. And what I've seen her do, which I didn't do today, was she picks up the tin and before she pours out the tomato, she gets a knife and she kind of just like swirls it around inside to chop up the tomatoes herself loosely mm. and then she pours it in. So it kind of just opens up the tomatoes a bit. Now, I've heard a lot of um, anti-dust tomato rhetoric yes. over the years. Rhetoric. And I've had enough. But why, <laughs> Quite why frankly. Would, why, exactly. Why would one choose a peeled tomato over a diced tomato in the tin? Uh, less liquidy, I would okay. have thought. Yeah, I think it releases a lot more... Um, a lot more of the liquids of inside the tomato. Uh-huh. But one of the things that, like, why I think that doesn't really matter anyway is because there's tomato paste in there, which thickens things up mm. anyway. Um, and secondly, in the spirit of not letting anything go to waste, being Italian, yeah. see the inside of this can? Oh, it's filthy. It's absolutely filthy. So I just go like that, get a bit of water in there. Now Jasmine has just spat into <laughs> the tin. <laughs> um, and just consolidate like that. What you've got left in there. Because you're picking up all that goodness inside yeah, that tin. Love it. Love it. I tell you what, this is like a dream come true for me. It's like I've got a cooking show. I used to do this all the time. <laughs> you can come on at any time. I, I invite myself over and um, you cook for me. Now, can you just have a look inside here for me? Mm-hmm. Look how glossy it is. Wow. That is like, it looks like the, the tomato that I can see cooking here. Yeah. It looks like an oil-based paint. It's like Ooh. so rich, really super, super like rich, dark yeah. red. It's beautiful. And that beautiful sheen over the top of the um, olive oil. Makes you want to cry, oh. doesn't it? It does. <laughs> well done. We're finished here. Um, I, can't think, I can't think of a harder sort of gear change yep. in this conversation <laughs> or even in your professional description than going from criminal defense lawyer. Yeah. To bargain hunter. I know, it's weird, huh? Isn't it? Yeah. What, what who, who or what is the bargain hunter and, and where did this come from? Well, it all started uh, maybe a year into my full-time work as a criminal defence lawyer. Um, I'd always been quite a creative person my whole life. I used to, you know, make jewellery and, um, you know, pretend to design clothes and things like that. I always had a real creative spark and element. And I started my full-time job and I was like, this is dying. Like my creative side was completely depleted and I just felt like I wasn't getting much joy anymore in that area of my brain, Mm. so to speak. Mm. Um, And so I thought, why not just start this page? I love, I've always been big on trying to hunt down a bargain and try to, you know, I've, I've always been against that philosophy of paying more than what you need to in the name of owning a label or something like yeah. that, you know, when you can easily, if you just inform yourself a bit better, you can find yourself some really good quality things yeah. um, if you're savvy enough with where you shop. So um, seeing as I was really good at doing that and a lot of my friends was actually were actually coming to me and asking me like, oh, you know, where can I get this? And um, I seemed to always know when, was, when sales were going. Mm-hmm. I thought, why don't I just channel that into some kind of information sharing platform where I can spread the love, let them all know what's going on. 
And um, at that point, Instagram had just taking off. Like there weren't a huge amount of accounts with big followings and I think people were only just starting to learn how to capitalise on mm. on how to, you know, grow a business through Instagram and things like that. Uh, but it was mainly just a photo sharing platform, you know, yeah. when you used to use those really ugly filters and yes. um, there weren't links and stories and all that kind of stuff. And and so, yeah, I just thought I'm going to post things I like that are on sale and if that inspires people, then let's do it. So It started as fashion? Is Mainly right? fashion, yeah. It did start and, at fashion. And yeah. where's it gone to? Like I did, I definitely covered a lot of homewares. Um, uh, mainly female-based audience as well. Um, kids stuff, you know, whatever you know, accessories and finding useful for the kids. Yeah, you know, even prams and things like that. Kids clothing, hair, makeup, a bit of product, beauty products and things like that as well. Yeah, but it, I'm, not, I'm no authority on that stuff, though. So I, I just like to share sales. I don't like to go into too much information about, like, you know, this cream has a hyaluronic base. And I'm, just, I'm not like that. <laughs> and I don't profess to be either. Now, where, where are we at with this sugar at the moment? Uh, so I've, while I was speaking to you before, I just put a little bit of salt and mm. a little bit of sugar in there. So the sugar is there to help, I think, neutralise the acidity. Mm. Um, I've seen a lot of... I've seen various amounts of sugar put in sauces. Sometimes I see like half a cup. Mm. Other times it's like a pinch. For okay. me, it's a teaspoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. About a teaspoon. And I just, again, go by taste. So, so you're so tasting as you go? Not just yet. I'm just going to give a little bit more time to Are you to tasting as sugo? As sugo. <laughs> okay, so we're, let's have a little, little look-see. Oh, my God. Look at the gloss. Oh, my All right. God. That is a gloss. You know what you do? Just go like that. Give it a taste. Oh, yum. Nice. Oh, it's so good. It's garlicky. So garlicky. Yeah. And so, so what I'm going to do now is just let that simmer and we're good there. That'll be maybe another 10 minutes, 15 minutes max, but that's good to go almost. And I'm going to put my pasta on. And that's on quite a high heat. In fact, it's a higher heat than I was expecting the sauce. Is that to get it to cook quicker or is that yeah. how you usually do it? I, to be honest, again, just impatient me. Yeah. I always use the big burner on the stove because I feel like it's getting the job done faster. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I don't – it's on its lowest setting, as in, like, the heat. It's not on the biggest flame. But, yeah, it is a lot more flame than, say, one of these small round ones. See, this is something yeah. that I find um, – That's weird. I should so move it over, actually. Hey, no, 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 no. No, because no, I, I – I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. Please tell this to me. No, no. <laughs> Do you want to know something? Well, I know. You're right, though, because this is what I do do, and ask Daniel this as well. Once I feel like I've got the heavy lifting out of the way on the big <laughs> flame, I do move it to the smaller flame. Is that actually look, true, or is she just yep. making this up? That's, that is – do not – look, look, look how much it's struggling. <laughs> Daniel's shaking his head saying, nah. Look how much just making it up. <laughs> I, I always move it to the small flame once the big flame's done its job. Anyway, he doesn't – you know why? He's never in the kitchen. Ah, uh, there we go. Um, Jazzy, as the bargain hunter, mm. can you tell me, do you have like a philosophy or a rule mm-hmm. or like one piece of advice that you would give to someone getting a wardrobe together, let's just say, building a wardrobe? Building a wardrobe. Yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. Um, well, this is something I've learned with age. God, that makes me feel old. But um, I think it's not worth buying those cheap little seasonal pieces mm. I've made that mistake far too many times I continue to make it mm. I see something really cheap and I'm like that's really in this season too I may as well just get it and enjoy it and nine times out of ten 
it will not see the light of day mm. the year after mm. because the quality's gone down, it's out of season, inverted commas, and therefore no longer cool to wear. And so I've realised that you've just got to build like a capsule wardrobe in a way. It's like something that's just going to stand the test of time, that's got really good quality compositions, and I know that's not achievable all the time, like particularly when you're younger, mm. um, you know, and you know, I remember going to op shops and trying to find cool outfits at op shops and things. But even through that channel, just have a look at what it's made of. If you're going to get 100% rayon, don't expect it to last through the wash. What's rayon? Rayon is like a very cheap flammable fabric that okay. you find, you know, you know that oh, you probably haven't heard of Shein. No. Um, it's a, they, they're responsible for quite a large percentage of the pollution in our world because of how they mass produce and um, they use very cheap labour as well. Mm. So there's very questionable practices emerging from their sweatshops Mm. um, and the quality of their clothing is pretty pitiful. How do you balance that? So as if you're hunting bargains Mm. Mm. and then also trying to get something that is quality and, yeah, I guess ethically sourced? It's a really good question. It's a really good question. And it's something that I don't think everyone's mastered properly 100% without having to pay a little bit of extra money. And I think that just the way it's, I guess, the way you rationalise your values behind spending that money and going, well, I'm supporting local businesses, small businesses, also knowing that it's going to last me longer as well. Because, again, I think it just takes time and maturity to realise that you're better off spending that little bit more and getting something that's going to last than not. Has becoming a mum changed the way that you shop or you dress, the outfits you wear? 100%. It's, it's, it's a thing. Mm. I actually made this observation to my friend yesterday. I said, I get now why when we were younger we'd look at mums and be like, oh, you know, mums are daggy. But it's only something you can appreciate once you do become a mum. And it's just about practicality now. It's really about what I can get on the fastest, what I don't care about getting dirty, mm. what I'm going to be comfortable in while I'm picking up kids, putting them down, running around. Um, and that I don't care if it gets wrecked, you know, like, I mean, sometimes we're painting or, you know, it gets sneezed on or they wipe their nose on my top and it's gross, but it's just what I have to factor in now with day to day. So you're almost like reverse engineering your wardrobe Mm -hmm. because I feel like as a, as a parent, it's almost a matter of like maybe pre-kids you'd be like, as a guy, you'd be like, I really love this shit. So I'll start with that shirt and then I'll chuck on whatever around that. And now it's like, okay, I've got to accessorize with yogurt and snot. (laughs) So what's going to go really well with yogurt today? (laughs) White's great for that. Although today I've stained it with tomato sauce. But I do find that if I wear black or a black top, that shows dirt more because... I've got like either milk, like I still bottle Jack and things like that. So I'll get like a white milk stain or a snot stain. That shows up a lot faster on black than it does on white. And we've got to get that laundry load down. There we go. (laughs) Sorry, you're probably wondering what I'm doing right now. Talk me through it. Just getting a little bit of pasta water. There we go. We all know that trick though. Well, do we? This is the thing. We all know that trick. I, I reckon there's a lot of people who don't know the trick of the getting a, a mug full of pasta water. Well, I use the mug because, yeah, obviously I don't burn my fingers. And I just put about, I don't even use that much, to be honest, but I probably use like a splash of pasta water. But you just want something starchy. Mm-hmm. 
that you drop into the pasta once it's been strained um, at the same time that you're mixing your sauce through. And I don't know why, but it just helps gel everything together. Okay. I can't tell you why. I've just, I'm literally just following what I've witnessed in my family be done. So the way that, uh, that Christian put it when he was cooking is he tried to justify one particular technique he was doing. And yeah. I questioned him about it. Why is that? And as he's trying to come up with a scientific explanation, he said, you just fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to say the same thing? <laughs> you just fucking do it. <laughs> this is just, look, I'm, I'm getting so, so hungry. Oh, I'm getting you so hungry. This will be. Amazing. You're going to really enjoy this. The pasta's almost ready. Oh I can God. see you just inching closer and closer. <laughs> the pasta um, looks incredible. It is. It's really good. I would love to know. Yeah. See, you're, you're always like so well put together, very well dressed, very professional. Like I've seen you sort of like in lawyer mode, yeah. right? <laughs> but what is the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you in a courtroom? Have oh. you ever had any, anything <laughs> that makes you just wake up in the middle of the night and go, I can't believe that happened? Yes. Yes, actually, one of my very first county court appearances, I hadn't quite mastered the old. So you have to wear the Westminster style gowns. So when you go into court, you have to wear the black, you have to wear the jabbo, which is that little white collar, the vest, and then the cloak kind of thing on the top. So you look like a penguin. Um, And it's a very, it's like a cape. Like when you walk through the street, it just like bellows behind you. It's really embarrassing. Anyway, the chair at the bar table had little rollers underneath so you can roll back and forward. And I just kept forgetting that the cloak was long. And so it would constantly get stuck under the wheel of my chair. And one of my first appearances, I think I lost count how many times it happened that it almost didn't become embarrassing anymore. It became like this running joke between the judge and I. So I'd go to stand up and the first time I went to stand up, the, the, um, the, the cloak was stuck under the wheel so much so that it flipped the chair from the ground up so I stood up, like imagine standing up and going, yes, you're on it, like with all this enthusiasm and gusto and the chair underneath me just goes, Cry! Uh, just literally flips to its side and the whole courtroom's just like, ooh. <laughs> like it was really embarrassing. And then each time after that, I just kept standing up and like I'd get like jolted back, like my neck was like someone, I was on a fishing line or something. It's like being on a leash. Yeah, it was like being on a leash and like being pulled back by this bloody cloak that kept caught under the wheel of the chair unbelievable yeah so that's that was really embarrassing like I remember just going oh my god he must think I'm so stupid that I can't even stand up I think there's nothing funnier than someone falling over mm. so that to me is like that's that's peak funny classic that is peak funny slapstick <laughs> I might strain the pasta while we're talking because I think I've overdone the, the pasta let's get my schooler pasta What's a schooler pasta? Schooler pasta is the Italian word for... Pasta school. Pasta school. That's right. So you just... <laughs> that is a strainer. See all that steam? Oh, yeah. Oh, do, you wanna... do, you, do you keep much or any of the water as you're straining it? Or do you like to get it all out? Um, do you have to keep a little bit in? I like to kind of give it a good 30 seconds. Okay. Enough to keep it still pretty slippery. Okay. So nice. about 30 seconds. Yeah, it still moves in there. It's not dry. Oh, yeah. I don't want it claggy. Yeah. But the key here now is I don't even know why I put a flame on to do this. You don't really have to. But I put the back on a flame. And this is all very fast moving. Put a little bit of pasta water. And then I just pour. 
So you've poured the pot of the sugo into the pasta. Into the pasta. pasta water. Yep. And the flame on. And the flame on because Ooh. I don't know why, but I feel like that heat just lets it bubble through and again, like thickens it up a bit more. Maybe I put a little bit too much pasta water in there as well. So just that, that heat again will just help evaporate the pasta water. And this is, in terms of technique, mm. this is a technique that you'll never see any Anglo family do. Really? Which is the secondary cook. The secondary. Like cooking, cooking the sauce through the pasta. It's just, it's, to be honest, I wouldn't even call it like, I'm, I'm not even cooking. I'm literally just giving it a blast mm. because I don't want that pasta to cook anymore. Yeah. I'm just giving it a little bit of a blast to thicken that sauce up with the pasta water and get mm. it little, going all, you know, having a good time together in there. But you know what? Fuck it, I say. Let's just put, <laughs> let's put the rest of the sauce all in there too. Let's just get it really saucy. So all of, I'm imagining that what's happening here is all of the, the sauce is getting like evenly distributed. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're doing? Coating each spaghetti nicely, just really, right. even that, I feel like the, that last little extra blast of heat also gets the spaghetti soaking up a bit more yeah. of that sauce as well. Let's get you a bowl. Oh, here we go. Let's get you a fork and a bowl. Oh, get me a fork Let's, and bowl. You want to crack open a, a glass of wine as well <laughs> while we're at it? A, crack open a vino. Daniel's looking at him. He's already got the place mats out. <laughs> 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 he is ready. Now, You're a very good assistant, Daniel. Another thing you can do if you want is put some fresh basil on the top, but that's, you know, mm. neither mm. here nor there. It's mm-hmm. not really. All right. And don't worry about pouring the extra sauce on the top. This one's yours, Pato. Oh, my God. And it, there is such a lovely amount of sauce still in there. That is not a dry pasta. Not at like, all. No. Oh, look at that. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Can I be really uncivilized and ask for a spoon as well? Oh, mate. I'm a fork, fork and spoon. Yeah, do you want some grana cheese yeah. as well? Do you want uh, grana oh, cheese? Yes, please. Yeah. Thank you so much. Let me get some of that. My mum always drops off a bit. Here we go. Oh. This is like the ones that my nonna like grates. Really? Yeah, still smell it. It's really funky. Oh, yeah. It's like the granada. It's good, though, but it's very so, strong. So is this a granada fedato? Yeah, you but before you have that, because it's quite overpowering, mm. I recommend trying the mm-hmm. spaghetti first, mm-hmm. and then Deal. you can add it. Oh, that's just my little tip. Okay, here we go. Let's try this bad boy. <laughs> that is so delicious. Really? You like? That is incredible. I reckon it needs a bit more, a little bit more sugar. Okay. I, I'm happy with it, but I can still taste acidity in there. Really? Yeah. Uh, for me, I would have, I would should have put a little bit more sugar to mm-hmm. counteract that acidity. But and would you, would you add anything on top in terms of condiments? Yeah, uh, chili. Yeah. Like a chili oil. Um, sometimes some like chili flakes, striped chili flakes are nice too. Mm. Otherwise, the grana padano cheese, oh, yeah. which is here, if you want to add some. Mm. Yeah, might put, a bit of, might put a bit of cheese on top. Um, and it's very strong. This is like the legit stuff from the Italian deli. Oh yes. Um, I like a good. I like a good funky flavour. Mm. Well, a bit of funk happening there. That will definitely take you to funky town. Are you? <laughs> are you a? Uh, oh, do you know what? We should we should crack open a little vino. A little vino. Let's do it. I am um, all for it. Okay. I've been eating awfully today. Look at this. First a caramel hot cross bun. Now this. <laughs> In wine, it's not even 12. <laughs> oh, well. Nailing adulthood. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, this looks like a nice drop. That's a little peanut. 
Peanut. Cheers. Jasmine, Cheers. thanks so much for joining Cooks. Absolute pleasure. It's thanks for coming. It's been so much fun. I've learnt an absolute bunch and I'm going to go back and listen to this episode again and again and again to just nail this layering nail of flavour that you have done. I hope you do. And I hope that your family enjoys this recipe. Oh, and my children and my children's and your children's, children's children. Children's and children's 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 children. <laughs> That's Cooks. Thanks for listening. That's disgusting one. <laughs> <laughs>